Hello and welcome to the Church Society podcast. I'm Ros Clark, I'm the Associate Director of Church Society and I'm your host here on these podcasts. After our episode a couple of weeks ago from General Synod, I still have one or two things uh, from the people I spoke to there that I wanted to share with you. And also there's been some uh, exciting news you may have seen, I hope you've already seen, uh, the announcement that's been made by Church Society Reform and the Fellowship of Word and Spirit that we are planning to go ahead with the merger that's been in discussion over these last couple of months. If you want more information about that, please do go and look at the Church Society website and the post uh, that we put up there. And if you're a member uh, of Reform or the Fellowship of Word and Spirit, you will be getting information shortly about what that will mean for you and how you can join the new organisation. If you're already a church society member, there's nothing you need to do at this point, but obviously we will keep you up to date uh, with things as they progress. Please do be praying in particular for the AGM that is coming up on the 12th of May, and if you possibly can be there, we'd love you to come uh, and uh, vote and uh, be involved in the discussion uh, as we move forward uh, in this new phase of our history. We are really, really thrilled uh, by what God has been doing amongst these three groups over these last few months to bring us uh, together and show us how we can pool our resources and bring the different strengths of each organisation Uh, together in a way that we hope will be a really positive force within the Church of England, showing that conservative evangelicals are united. In particular, I think this will be something that enables Rod Thomas to have uh, a really clear constituency that he represents as the Bishop of Maidstone. And we do think uh, that this is something which God has been doing. We hadn't really been planning it. Nobody had really been planning it. And it's come up, it's come as a result of various Uh, conversations and council meetings that have been had by the different organisations and it seems that this is what God is calling us to be doing at this time. Please do be praying for all the organisations and all the meetings and discussions and negotiations that have to happen over the next few months and, and I guess over the next year or so as we work out uh, the transition to this new united organisation. Prayers and patience, I think, are the things we really need. One of the people I was talking to at General Synod was Rob Munro, who is the chair of the Fellowship of Word and Spirit. And so later on in the episode, I will be uh, talking to him a little bit about what the Fellowship of the Word and Spirit is, what they do, um, just because I think uh, for many people, we have some idea of, of who reform are and what they do. But Fellowship of Word and Spirit is a, a smaller organisation and perhaps less well known. So I thought it'd be good just to introduce them a little bit uh, as we look forward to greater unity with them in the future. So uh, back to General Synod. And one of the things that I talked to uh, several of the people I met there was the kind of things that come under discussion at Synod. We tend to hear about the headline stories, whether that's votes for women bishops, the transgender thing, um, sexuality, all of those kind of debates that make the headlines. But there's a lot of General Synod business that doesn't really hit the headlines in quite the same way. Um, but I think it's good to see the church taking like the safeguarding issues and, and the digital evangelism. I think some of the things today are actually yes. really, really positive. Fry there from the Diocese of Winchester, pointing out that not every discussion that General Synod has has to be the most controversial in order for it to be an important thing for the church to talk about and a positive thing for the church to be talking about. 
It's easy to see why it's important for the Church of England to discuss matters such as safeguarding, both uh, with regard to historical cases of abuse and also with regard to the contemporary context. The debate on digital evangelism was one that I personally have an interest in. In my former job, I worked as the online pastor in the Diocese of Litchfield, and indeed the person chairing that debate was one of my former colleagues on a YouTube video show that we produced. So it was interesting to hear what the church is doing, uh, how the new head of digital communications has a plan, not just for what the national church will be doing um, to improve its online presence, but also how it's supporting parishes at a much more local level. Um, they're offering uh, training that they're taking round to parishes and dioceses uh, for churches to learn how to use social media better. They're providing support through the revamped A Church Near You site, which will allow, I think later this year, every parish church to have its own website hosted on A Church Near You, overcoming some of the kinds of problems that many churches have with websites where they get set up, but then there's nobody really to maintain them or who knows how to use the system. And so they fall into disrepair. You can see that it's important for the Church of England to have those kinds of conversations. But what about some of the other things on the agenda? Things that we might question whether the church has to really talk about at all. I asked James Carey why those kinds of things were on the agenda at General Synod. The, the sort of issues which come up for discussion at General mm. Synod I mean, it's quite a weird mix of stuff, isn't it? Yeah, and, and I think this, this particular synod, some would say, well, there's, there's nothing terribly interesting going on, but which, of course, isn't true, because if you have a personal interest in, in certain items, and it's extremely interesting. So, you know, there's a very important debate about safeguarding, which is something that the church's record has a... I would say the church's record is mixed yes, on that. Yes, I think that's um, fair. And... Um, uh, and also there's, uh, you know, after that debate, there's a debate about religious communities, which is not something as a conservative evangelical I've ever thought a great deal about. No. But that's not to say that there is no value in, in those things. Um, but also, there are some, some things that come up for debate that seem to me to not really have anything to do with the Church of England. So safeguarding the Church of England yeah. and religious communities, I mean, they're not necessarily issues that I have a mm. strong personal interest in, but I can see why it's important for the Church mm. to, to think about them. But things like um, the NHS yes. um, or food waste, yes. I noticed, was on the agenda the other day. Yes. How, how and why does the Church of England need to, to say anything about those well, kind of matters? I think it's a, good, it's a good question. And a part of me thinks oh, we should be talking about the important things. But actually, if, we're, if we think that uh, the Church is for, for everyone and for all of life... Um, then it shouldn't be odd that we're discussing um, all these different things. And it may not be, we don't may not discuss them particularly well, but the idea that um, the way in which uh, we use food is, 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 is a very, it's something that we all do, and it's something on which the church can set an example. Right. Um, and so, I mean, the alternative is we spend the whole time talking about sex, um, which is what the media <laughs> rather... Like to think that you do. Like yeah. to think that we do, which, which we don't. Yeah. And so in some sense, it's frustrating that there are contentious issues that we could be discussing. But all that means is we, we, we only discuss things that are contentious. Yeah. And that's not, that's not actually necessary. And what was helpful, I'd say, hmm. in this particular synod, there have been a couple of things whereby 
um, it has been noted that calling on the government to do things is not necessarily the, the greatest way to proceed. And what I liked about the food waste um, uh, discussion that went on, um, there was an element of personal responsibility being advocated because the vast majority of mm. food that is wasted in, this, in the UK, at least, is is by individuals and families the consumer chucking end. away stuff yeah. that is either uneaten or is out of date. And so I, I felt that there was a healthy um, uh, thing about how we can um, put our own house in order. And also locally, we can look for ways to distribute food to those, uh, those in need. And in a way, this is the kind of thing that the church should be concerned with. Mm. Um, and we don't want to spend our whole time talking about it. And we also need to talk about clergy pensions. And we also need to talk about digital evangelism or whatever it is. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, yeah, so, so the agenda always looks mixed. But that's because we all have different gifts, different abilities. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the whole section of yesterday, I simply had nothing to add to anything because I, I did not even understand what the motions were, let alone what the amendments to the motions right. actually Right. Meant. I think that's a really interesting point, isn't it? I think often as evangelicals, perhaps we're too quick to separate out mm. things which are relevant to our religious yeah. sphere, which the, we do expect the mm. church to, yeah. to have a position on, and, and the rest of life. Whereas yeah. actually, you know, if, we, if we're serious about our faith, then it that should be transforming our culture and our society yeah, and our absolutely. world. Yeah. And, and so, um, yeah, it's not a waste of time to... Yeah. And, if you went to a, um, and if you went to a, uh, a really good evangelical conference, yeah. there would be a real mix of talks and seminars, and there might be a seminar on, um, you know, a, a particular individual... Uh, uh, yeah. bit of uh, doctrine or, or practice and you would think well that's not that important to talk about well no don't don't only talk about that but, but you know an hour an every hour. few years yes, it's, uh, it's fine yeah. might be yeah. worth thinking yeah. about um in terms of the effectiveness of general synod do, does it get stuff done well, yes, it does in the sense that um, there is le yesterday, for example, there was a lot of legislative business. Again, this is the stuff that I don't understand. It had been discussed previously. It had been revised and all these sorts of things. So there are, there are very, very uh, uh, gifted people who can think legally um, about all of these things because it is a legislative mm. body. And so has when they make a decision on, for example, clergy yeah. pensions, yes. that... Has a that that is then decided, and yeah. that then all clergy pensions yeah. are changed in effect. Absolutely, and there's stuff that has that to be point. done. Like so, yesterday we we did spend longer on it than we needed to, and the mm. the, the debate nearly ground to an actual halt at one point oh when we were discussing the renaming of a of a, 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 a diocese away uh, to to the Kirkstall um, in the Leeds um, area. Yes. And that was perfectly legitimate. And we, the Church of England is not at liberty to change the name of that without royal assent. Right, so it has um, to go through So it has process. to go from Synod, and it has to go... To uh, the Queen. Yeah, to the Queen. And, and, that's, and so hmm. these things are all in place for a reason, and you need these things when things start to go wrong, um, rather than just sort of yeah. always assuming. And, and, there's, and there's always a rhetorical bias from both 
evangelicals and liberals um, who say, well, the church should be all about X, and so we should just be doing it, and who cares what the legislation says, and who mm. cares what it says? Well, you have to. Yeah, somebody has to. Somebody and, has to. And yeah. if we don't care about it, yes. then it can just get away from us without even noticing. Exactly, yeah. Um, just finally, would you encourage, or what kind of people would you encourage to think about standing for general said on next time elections come round? So the elections uh, will come around in 2020, and it is worth thinking now about whether this is something that uh, you could do. Um, there, is a, there is a time aspect to it, um, because you know, you're, you're here for two or three days in London once a year, three to two or three days in York um, over the summer. You get your expenses covered. Expenses are covered, so it won't cost you any money. Um, and if you are having to... Um, uh, to refuse work in order to, to do it, um, there is a way of, of offsetting that a little bit. It's not it's not generous, but it is it is. Yeah. So, you, is but you can claim something yeah, back for, yeah, yeah. for that. So, um, but in terms of, but it does take a bit of time. There's a lot of stuff to read. I would say that you 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 would sort of potentially feel feel that you can't contribute at all because you wouldn't be able to understand all of it. But that's okay. You, you don't need to understand. That's why it. there's 400 members. Yes, you have to understand some of it. Yes, them. yeah. And but and from from my point of view, I'm I'm part of a of a of a theological group that look out for each other. And so I, you know, because of my skill set, I have thoughts about the digital evangelism session that's coming up later today. Um, and I can feed into that. I don't have anything to add to the legislative business that was discussed yesterday, and that's fine. And there are other members who I do know have. You know, there are there are people who can think and dream in procedural motions um, and amendments, and um, and I'm very glad for them. So, and that's helpful. So people yeah. who who you trust, who can say, well, actually, it'd be really helpful to vote against this, or yeah. vote for this, yeah. and yeah, that's fine. And, and you can help each other, yeah. sort of work your so way through you, that. You don't you don't need to know everything. All you need to do is be prepared to serve, be prepared to listen, mm. um, and to. You know, and you will have a perspective which will be useful, and you will have um, thoughts and insights that will be useful. You will have um, in greater incentive to pray for this institution, which mm. we of which we can be very proud in terms of our uh, reformed uh, heritage. I mean, that's the reason mm. I stood. The reason I stood when I was asked to stand was I'd, I had recently been doing some reading about um, the Oxford uh, martyrs, you know, and, and thought you know Cranmer was forced to watch two of his best friends be burned alive. And I thought, if if he can do that for the Church of England, maybe and then you be can burned sit alive. through some boring meetings. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's not something that everyone can do, and it's not something that at a particular stage of life you might be able to do. But if you can do it, I think you should certainly think about it. Hmm. And um, and and it would be a really good uh, to have, especially more evangelical voices, especially more female evangelical hmm. voices would be would be really helpful. Um, but if 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 this is an area where you think you could then you should. You don't need to have been on Deanery Synod first. You don't need, I, I, I no. hadn't been no. on Deanery Synod um, or maybe sort of tangentially through the PCC or something. But, um, but yeah, yeah, consider it. Um, ask around and you, you might be surprised. Great. James Carey there talking about the business of General Synod, why you don't need to understand everything and why you should consider standing for election to General Synod in 2020. I asked Chris Fry that same question and she gave a very similar answer. We need you.
Um, Chris, would you encourage other people to consider standing for General Synod? I would. It's not necessarily an easy place to be, but I think it's a really important place. And I think we need, we desperately need more evangelicals. You don't have to come to everything. You don't have to speak that much, but you need to come and vote. And yes, it's absolutely essential we have more people to stand. Great. Thanks for talking to me. So there you have it. It isn't for everybody, but if you've been intrigued by these couple of podcast episodes from General Synod and you're starting to wonder whether this might be something God is asking you to do as a way of serving him, then do pray about it. Uh, Perhaps talk to somebody uh, who has been on General Synod who can tell you a bit more about what it's like. Uh, If you don't know anyone, do feel free to get in touch with me, ros at churchsociety.org, and I can put you in touch with someone Uh, hopefully reasonably local to you who might be willing to uh, just have a chat with you about that. The next elections aren't until 2020 unless there happens to be uh, an unexpected vacancy come up in your diocese. So you have a little time to think about that. And even if it's not for you, do continue to pray uh, for the work of General Synod and in particular for the rep the Conservative Evangelical representatives on Synod, uh, for whom, as we've heard, it's not always an easy place to be. So as I mentioned earlier, one of the people I caught up with at General Synod was Rob Munro, Chair of the Fellowship of Word and Spirit, amongst other things. Uh, And so I asked him just to tell us a little bit more about the Fellowship of Word and Spirit. Without being too uh, trite, the Fellowship of Word and Spirit sort of does what it says in the tin. It's, uh, it is primarily um, concerned for fellowship. It believes that um, Reformed theology is best expressed and best able to be communicated and uh, have influence when it's done in fellowship together, both spurring each other on in our understanding of the faith, but also in reaching out to others with a clear, uh, a clear teaching. So it, it builds on relationships, but it's a relationship that is controlled by the Word of God and by the Spirit of God. So we believe that what that means is uh, it's not just about exposition, it's about the application of God to our situation. Uh, as all Reformed theology was, it's the transformation of a whole world life view. Um, and that should lead us to be the most joyful, faithful, committed, um, loving, supportive uh, Christians as well. So um, to some extent, we just our commitment is really to build it that way though. So uh, our conference, which has been historically the centre of the FWS. Certainly I felt, as someone who went for the first time this year, it really exemplified all of those things Mm. that you were just saying. You know, there was a a lovely sense of fellowship and uh, warmth and love, but also as we were doing some serious theology together and Mm. and thinking things through. So It's it's great great to be in a place where you can have your brain stretched as far as it can go and at the same time laugh so uproariously that you fall about. So... Um, uh, I love it. It's great, uh, a great way of being Christians together great. and helping each other. And uh, the other vision, of course, is, well, it, it's uh, for lay and ordained, but particularly mm-hmm. ordained people can end up going on conferences where they just feel exhausted. Mm-hmm. And that really doesn't serve us very well. We actually want to be a place where people come back genuinely refreshed. Yeah, yeah and one thing I really appreciated about the conference was the way that not only did we have the, the great teaching sessions, but then we had the sort of follow-up sessions where there was a chance to discuss and think through and apply some of what we'd learned. So you weren't then thinking, well, when am I going to think about that and how am I going to put that into practice? Because there was built-in time to do that. And I just thought, yeah, why don't all conferences do that? <laughs> I don't know. So as well as the conference, um, Fellowship of One Spirit has uh, Historically, expressions of fellowship we, through the year. Yes, and... we've, we do various things. Um, publications have been a, a platform as well. Um, we're hoping to publish uh, conference talks we're a little bit behind the last couple of years but before that 
Uh, we produce things for the National Church, so we did a thing on why, I'm an, why I am an Anglican, yep. um, was something we produced and circulated around General Synod ahead of the Consecration of Women's discussions, so that people could understand what our theology meant in relation to belonging to the Church of England. Um, and things like that we're feeding into with some other theological contributions. Um, and also locally, we've always encouraged people to do the same sort of thing we do annually at the conference in their local area, mm -hmm. under various banners. So we, we're not pushing Fellowship Word and Spirit groups, but in different regions, it, sometimes under the banner of reform or a DEF or a um, church association. We have a renewed group in renewed. our diocese, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're trying to encourage Christians to... Uh, work together on the basis of that sort of yeah. commitment to reform theology and fellowship spurring each other on and so you know presenting papers that we've written to each other building with the gifts that we all have where everybody actually has something to contribute mm. um i think it's sort of obvious but it hasn't often been replicated i don't think it's places. always as obvious as, <laughs> as you maybe say it is having experienced it mm. um and then suddenly you're like oh why aren't we all doing this but mm. Um, that's really great. I mean, obviously, uh, as we're looking forward to uh, hopefully working much more closely uh, together, I, you know, I would love to see those um, kind of attributes that, that I think Fellowship of Word and Spirit really does exemplify, spread and, and become much more mainstream in, in conservative evangelicalism in the Church of England. I think there's a, a lot that we have to learn from what you've been doing. And it's been the heart of our vision has been to do that. And, yeah. and I think um, Reformed Theology, which is the foundation of the mm. Anglican faith, um, is little understood by most of the people who claim to have it. And even Let alone within, the people who don't. Well, yes. exactly, and even within more conservative yeah. circles, at times, the, I agree. the implications of its theology yeah. haven't been followed through. Um, you know, we're sometimes very good at, mm. uh, at looking through the meaning of Bible passages, but not mm. necessarily putting it all together under the yeah. sovereignty of God and His grace. Yeah. Well, with on that note, thank you for talking to me, Rob. That's yeah. really great. Thank you. As I say, we are really excited about working together more closely uh, with the Fellowship of Word and Spirit and also uh, reform and what that will look like in this new organisation. More information about that coming, obviously, uh, in the weeks and months ahead. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Next week, uh, we'll have another uh, chat with one of our Church Society parishes. This time, I'm speaking to David and Kim Bourne from Hailsham Parish Church. And then the week after that, in a slight change to our normal schedule, will be uh, the book review episode in which Amanda and I will be looking at various prayer books. Written prayers haven't always found huge favour with evangelicals, particularly in recent times. Uh, we'll be looking at some written prayer books from the past, uh, as well as some more contemporary ones, and seeing uh, what we can uh, gain of value from that kind of prayer. Do tune in again next time. And please, if you're enjoying the podcast, share it with others. Uh, you can share it on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, send a link to a particular episode if you think there's someone who might be interested in that. Um, and do feel free to let us know uh, what you thought of the discussion. You can comment on Facebook or tweet us at Church Society. And if you have any ideas of things you'd like to hear in future podcasts, email me ros at churchsociety.org. <laughs>